In the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee, his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Ithithera and Tectronus, and Lysantus was ruler of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Ananias and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Let every valley be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, during this Advent season, make the path straight into our hearts. Amen. Bah humbug. Amen. End of sermon. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to write that down. (laughs) A a new litany for Advent. So, Baha Bug, it takes me a lot to get into the Christmas spirit. Last Sunday with the hanging of the greens helped a lot. The Advent service last Wednesday helped a lot. But it's still a fight. We at our house will not have decorations, Christmas decorations this year. We moved all of Grandpa Bob's stuff into our house. And so we have a path that starts at the kitchen and it goes through the living room, into the dining room, and onto the front porch. Jane is doing a wonderful job of sorting and giving away and throwing away. But there's no room for Christmas this year. No room for the tree. No room for the handmade items the kids have made. No room for all the lights. Christmas for us this year will probably look a lot like the first Christmas. It will take place in our hearts and in a place of worship. The Advent season is rather unique. The second and third Sundays of Advent are always focused on John the Baptist. So maybe for preparing for Christmas, 
is something we can learn from John. There's only two Gospels that talk about the Nativity. There are four Gospels that talk about John, who prepares the way for the coming of Christ. Advent season is mostly forgotten, but it's a hard season for me. It seems that my list of to-do things is growing faster than when I can cross them off. What needs to be done between now and December 25th leaves very little time to reflect on what does it mean that Christ is coming again. So what can we learn from this text? Luke starts out, Emperor Tiberius, High Priest Ananias, Herod of Galilee. And then he talks about John, the son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. There are seven names against one. The human kingdoms fighting with God's reign. So Tiberius or Herod or the high priest demand authority, but they do not demand our allegiance. God's people owes their allegiance first and foremost to God. And it is God who puts John's ministry in motion. John, the one commissioned to prepare the way, not for Lord Caesar, but for the Lord Jesus, one true God. Zechariah and Elizabeth, John's parents, were righteous before God and living blamelessly according to the commandments and to the regulations of God. And John went from them to the wilderness, to the place where God meets God's people anew. In the wilderness, remember Elijah? hearing the still, small voice of God. John went into all the region around the Jordan. That's also called the promised land. That's the place where Nahum, king of Jordan, washed his leprosy away. I said king, I meant general. John proclaims in that same washing water the baptism of forgiveness of sin. So to paraphrase that opening line, maybe it should say, despite Tiberius being emperor of Rome, Pontius Pilate, Herod, Philip, Lysanias being provincial governors, Despite Ananias and Caiaphas being high priest, God chose a nobody named John living in the desert. Seven powers against one, and that one armed with God's word.
proclaiming forgiveness, pointing to a Savior to come. And by the time Luke is writing this gospel, almost none of those seven people are alive. And John is not alive. But the message of John and Jesus live on. And those people, those important authorities are named only in relationship to Christ. So what is that message that John is giving us? Repent, he says. To repent means to change your mind or your way of thinking. And what about our thinking needs changing? I think it's the idea that we can do it by ourselves. We are justified before God by our good lives. We are pretty good people because we obey some of the commandments. And we aren't as bad as those who are called sinners. And if we find ourselves coming up short, we reflect on our misdeeds. And we think of ways that we can stop doing those misdeeds and do something good. But the problem with that repentance is I still can do it myself. Nothing has changed. Jesus in his ministry with the scribes and Pharisees has a hard time because the scribes and Pharisees think they are doing pretty well by themselves. They're living a good life. They're moral. They're obedient to the lives before God and before neighbors. And Jesus says, those who are sinners and outcasts are closer to God than the scribes and the Pharisees. Because the sinners know they cannot do it on their own. They need help. When we repent, we are saying to self and to God, I can't. If you've ever been around a 12-step program, you know that step one is the most important. You know that step one is the hardest one to do. Because in step one, they say, we admit we are powerless over that our lives have become unmanageable. Maybe we should do our worship service that way. We admit that we are powerless over sin and that our lives have become unmanageable. Oh, wait. We do that every Sunday in our liturgy. Sin. We need God's salvation. God's glory revealed in Jesus. The judge who comes to save not just condemn. This is John's message in the wilderness. The good news is for all flesh, all the world is God's salvation. 
so we prepare the way. We look to Christmas and we know that it's coming and that incarnation is salvation. That birth brings salvation. And we celebrate that salvation. We have a meal. It has meaning. It is bread and wine. It is living water that saves a child. Those are the things of Christmas. It's not about shopping. It's not about gift-giving. It's about that worship, that bread and wine and water that brings life. So in our call to be a Christian, in some ways we have to buck the system a little bit. We have to go a little deeper into our faith. The world changes what Christmas is. We have to remember, even a little thing about when is Christmas? Christmas starts, starts December 25th and goes for 12 days. Christmas doesn't end on December 25th. So the tree, if possible, stays up. Or if you like me, I won't have a tree to stay up. So it stays in the heart. Advent, it's that strange time of year when the church talks about the coming of Christ, not only as a child, but as king. So the text, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. We're invited to go into the wilderness to hear the message of salvation because in the wilderness we hear that God is restoring God's people. Amen.